the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to the first ever End Time Preparedness Prepper Mega Study. And this is a request I've had from a lot of listeners kind of over the years. Uh, we're going to actually be getting more into the actual specifics of a lot of the end time preparedness prepping more toward the end. I'm going to actually set the stage with a couple current event articles, and then we're actually going to go into the, the other. The actual PDF today is 43 pages, so it's a lot to cover, but some of it I'm going to be kind of skimming over. And you can kind of go back, and, and um, particularly in some of the specifics on the prepping, you can go back and, and uh, look at the actual links and verbiage and this type of stuff and, and kind of uh, make up your own mind from there. Um, so we're going to actually be getting a couple current event studies starting out. And then what we're going to do first is just, I'm going to read uh, Psalm 23 because... The information we're getting in today is kind of uh, the first article is entitled When the Music Stops, How America's Cities May Explode in Violence. It's one of those things where it's very easy to get your eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's not what I'm here for. That's not what I'm about. But I'm also, as a watchman, here to warn. And uh, that's why I like to put in a lot of scripture with the teachings to kind of constantly be bringing us back to the word of God, which is where we really need to have our our focus on. So, Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now, this last statement may be Come very much a reality in many of our lives regarding the coming end times and what we might have to endure. So, this is a really good psalm to commit to memory. And um, because you never know when they might actually take away our Bibles. And uh, this is an excellent one to, to commit to memory and to dwell on. So, yeah, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. So even in the midst of, of, of your enemies, God can prepare a table um, and bless you and protect you and keep you, no matter how dark or how bleak or how terrible it may look on paper. You know, our God is the God of the universe. He created the universe. So, there is there anything too hard for me? No. That's what he asked in Isaiah. So, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Call upon thee, and I'll answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Isaiah 32 and I, chapter 33 is where that's said. So, and then the last verse, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Um, and I, I've seen that like a example of that where you know, literally goodness and mercy literally following someone wherever they wherever they wherever they went wherever they walked wherever they were literally goodness and mercy following them 
Because it says right here, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, obviously, there's a ton of psalms that are wonderful. Um, but I, I would have to say, of all psalms, this one's obviously the most well-known. Uh, and um, it's definitely a wonderful thing to dwell on. So, let's get right into the study here. Now, I want to preface all of this information I'm going to be getting into by saying I'm not racist I'm not prejudiced. Uh, a lot of my, some of my best friends are black, okay? So I'm not here to act like I'm some Nazi white supremacist and I've got some axe to grind. I don't care where I see evil, I'm going to expose it. If the Jews are committing it, if, if blacks are committing it, if Muslims are committing it, or if Catholics are committing it, I'm going to expose it. And... I can't make any apologies for exposing evil. But because of the whole genre thing of political correctness, there are certain subjects that seem to be kind of like off-limits about, oh, you can't say anything against a particular race or a particular religion or, or whatever because, you know, that's off-limits. You're, you're, I mean, even going against Obama, oh, you're a, you know, you're a racist or whatever, and that type of thing. Um, I've caught a lot of heat for, for saying the stuff I've said on illegal immigration and illegal aliens and this type of thing. I've caught a lot of heat from from people on that subject, and I'm not going to make any apologies for it. You know, I'm not saying that I'm not perfect or that I'm you know I, that every single fact that I present is 100% correct because it's only as good as the source. But when lo- looked at as a whole the body of information that I have gotten into, I think that we can look back on that from from me posting teachings all the way back to 06. And I would have to say that the vast, vast majority of what I have reported on has been accurate and is either is accurate or is going to be coming to pass very soon. Not to say I never miss it or, 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 or that if I ever report on something and I have to go back and retract something. Okay? I'm not perfect. I, I'd be the first one to admit it. In fact, if it were possible, if I were standing before God and, you know, God was judging me, I would be the first to probably point the finger at myself. You know, and I said this before, if I got what I deserved, I'd get death and hell. So I'm not acting like I'm Mr. Perfect or I have all the facts or I never get it wrong. Um, you know, we're only going to attain unto perfection when we're with Jesus Christ, you know, in the afterlife. So, um, but... For the most part, I, I believe what we've reported on has been accurate, and, and it's pointing to and confirming what Scripture predicts is going to happen in the end times. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Second Timothy 3.13. You look at the book of Revelation, you look at the book of Daniel, we've got some really dark times ahead of us. You look at current events. The handwriting is so on the wall, and yet the mainstream typical 501c3 corporate church that's literally yoked up with the government and the IRS and soon to be the United Nations because they're going to have a one world religion and guaranteed that one world religion will be a corporate church. Uh, They're not typically reporting on this type of information. I'm a watchman. That's all I claim to be. I don't claim to be anything more than that. I'll say I'm a pastor. 
or a minister or a pre well, I guess I'm a preacher in a kind of a way, but just kind of a watchman. That's all. I don't come to be anything more than that. Um, but I don't see typically the church doing its job warning the sheep of the impending wolf coming. And the Bible talks about the true shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep, but the hireling have no love for the flock. The hireling are doing it for the hire. They're doing it for the money. And a lot of them are just, it's beyond that. And you get into the whole thing where Satan can appear as a minister of righteousness. It's no, it's no marvel that he can appear as a minister. So it's no marvel that his ministers can, can as appear as ministers of righteousness. They appear as ministers of righteousness, but they're ministers of Satan. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. And the Bible gives all these warnings over and over and over and over again, particularly in the New Testament, about these wolves in sheep's clothing. And I've got into those verses before. I mean, I could do, I've done whole sections of studies on that. So, the biggest warning Jesus Christ gave regarding the end times is in, you know, Matthew 24 and other places, is be not deceived. And talking about false Christ coming, saying, you know, I am Jesus, if you see that, go not after them, this type of thing. And false prophets and false, you know. And so we need to compare everything that, even current event-wise, in as much as that's possible, with what the Word of God says. Does it line up with what the Word of God says? So... Dark days are ahead, there's no doubt about it. I'm not here to be doom and gloom, but I'm here to be realistic and, and to be honest. And again, if I see a subject that is um, we, we can look at, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to report on it if it's something that needs to be reported on. Meaning, if it's something that the flock needs to be warned about. And that kind of segues into what we're going to be talking about today. So let's just get right, right into it. Um, when the music stops... How America's Cities May Explode in Violence. This is by a guy named Matt Bracken. This was posted just September 3rd of this year. And so it goes on by saying, In response to recent articles in mainstream military journals discussing the use of the U.S. Army to quell insurrections on American soil, I offer an alternative vision of the future. Instead of a small town in the South as the flashpoint, picture instead a score of U.S. cities in the thrall of riots greater than those experienced in Los Angeles in 1965, the Watts riots, or multiple cities um, in 1968 if, when the uh, Martin Luther King assassination, and Los Angeles again in 1992 with the Rodney King um, beating that happened. New Yorkers can imagine the 1977 blackout looting or the 1991 Crown Heights disturbance. We have seen them all before, and we shall see them again as history rhymes along regardless of the century or the generation of humankind uh, nominally in control of events. But the next time we are visited by widespread large-scale urban riots, a dangerous new escalation may be triggered by a new vulnerability. It's estimated that the average American home has less than two weeks of food on hand. In minority areas, it may be much less. What if a cascading economic crisis, even a temporary one, leads to millions of EBT, meaning electronic benefit transfer cards, flashing nothing but zeros? Now I'm going to explain what an EBT is next, okay, if you don't know. Or, if the government's refusal to reimburse them 
meaning the I believe the minorities that have the EBT cards, causes the supermarket chains to stock, stop accepting them for payment. The government can order the supermarkets to honor the cards, but history's verdict is clear. If the suppliers are paid only with worse, worthless script or blinking digits, the food will stop. Now, we're all set up for this because we're printing money out of thin air. Now we've just went into QE basically 3 or QE infinity, quantitative easing, which means they're just going to print money, more and more and more and more money out of thin air, okay, to try to combat all of this, the economic collapse. The ship is sinking. It's like the Titanic. It's going down right now. You cannot print money out of thin air for decades and decades and decades and have there be no repercussions in the end. Now, a lot of the other countries that were denominating oil in U.S. dollars, I've heard that China and Russia are starting to to denominate in their own currencies. And that's been the one thing that's kept the dollar propped up. Well, when that starts to happen, and it is happening, you can really expect to see the dollar go downhill. Now, I've, I've reported in the past that when you see the euro collapse, we'll hopefully have at least two weeks before the dollar officially collapses. It has to happen. And it's all by design. They've done this on purpose. So if you're, if you're in paper, and I keep hearing this over and over again from these financial experts, if you're in paper in any way, shape, or form, stocks, bonds, pensions, I don't care, if you can't get to it, if there's any way you can get to it now, you better get to it. Because... <laughs> it's probably not going to be worth the paper it's printed on. And even if you could get to it and the dollars are worthless, because they really are worthless right now, it's just the faith and credit of basically the world economy that's keeping it afloat. But when that collapses and the dollar is exposed for what it is, people that have their savings and their investments and all of these other things... 401ks, whatever it may be, if, if it's in denominated in dollars, and when the banks collapse, number one, you probably won't even be able to go there to get your worthless paper. And if you can, it's going to be worthless paper, or it's going to be greatly devalued. So it would be wise to, if you're going to um, get out of paper and put that wherever God tells you to, whether it's Water, uh, water purification, whether it's long-term food, whether it's silver, gold, whatever. However the Lord is leading you, might be orphans and widows. He might tell you to put it in there. Do whatever he says. I mean, whatever, I mean, and if you don't know, pray and fast about it. That's the biggest, best advice I can give you. Pray and fast. And you can go up to my website and key in um, prayer. There's one I did on the biblical keys to answer prayer. Uh, a lot of studies I've done on that because there's a lot of things you can do to get your prayers hindered. Anyway, so that would be my advice to you. Put it in things that are tangible, that are real, because, I mean, I'm, I'm just seeing this more and more and more again from these financial experts. It's just a matter of time before the dollar collapses. Um, I'm not saying, you know, don't pay your bills. and I'm, I'm saying that, you know, Keep a minimal amount in a bank account, possibly, if you want to pay your bills off that. Or, even better, pay them with money orders, because then you're not even creating a paper trail and you're not dealing with a wicked, corrupt banking system, but that's your choice. Um, 
in the long run, this has to happen. So people that have their assets in paper, they could go from someone that's a millionaire, literally, multimillionaire, to being a pauper overnight when the collapse happens. Or if you ever could get access to your money, it might be one-tenth of what it's denominated to be when the new currency comes. Now, whether that's a North American Union, like a Mero currency, or whether they're going to just skip that and go right to the one world currency, I don't know. It'll be one or the other, though, most likely. Um, I seriously doubt they're going to stick with the dollar. This is what they've been building to. Remember, they're trying to destroy the middle class. This would be the most ideal way to destroy the middle class. This would be the last nail in the coffin. Destroy the dollar. Um, people are taxed and maxed out as it is. Um, the dollar's lost a ton of its of its uh, buying power. Even over the last 10 years, I've seen the statistics on that. So a lot of people are working two and three jobs just to kind of keep the same living standard they had 10 years ago. If they can find a job, because so many of them have been shipped overseas. Another way they're destroying the middle class, letting the illegal aliens come in to, you know, drive down wages and, and, and have a voting base to keep Obama in office and these types of things and, and all of the other wickedness that goes along with it. There's no other country on earth that lets that happen. That lets just, hey, come on, come over the border. Radical Muslims, illegal aliens from Central America and South, you know, hey, come on over. I mean, all of the drugs that come over along with that, the, the coyotes that bring, I mean, come on. So, again, I'm not saying this because I'm racist. I'm just stating facts here. You know, I expose the Catholics harder than just about anybody, and that's predominantly, well, I mean, I understand there's a lot of people in Central America, but that's a predominantly, as far as in America, like a white, most white races are Catholic. So, I mean, I don't care where I see evil, I'm going to expose it. So anyway, the government can order the supermarkets to honor these EBT cards, but the history... History's verdict is clear. If the suppliers are paid only with worth, worthless script or blinking digits, the food will stop. Now, I went up and I wanted to get a good definition of what is an EBT card. It's Electronic Benefit Transfer is what it stands for. It's an electronic system in the United States and elsewhere that allows the government states benefit the benefits departments to issue money accessible via a payment card. Common benefits in the United States provided via EBT, are typically of two general categories, food and cash benefits. Food benefits are federally authorized benefits that can be only used to purchase food and non-alcoholic beverages. Food benefits are distributed through the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, also called SNAP, formerly the Food Stamp Program. Okay, so this is the whole, this is kind of the whole, big part of the whole welfare system. Cash benefits include State general assistance, temporary assistance for needy families, uh, which is the 10th, benefits and refugee benefits. Okay, so for a little example here, um, my daughter had relayed this story to me a few weeks ago about, your friend was in Walmart? Walmart, you know, uh, China Mart, Devil Mart, Satan Mart, and 
she was getting a whole bunch of, uh, uh, I, I guess she was there. There was a, appeared to be a Hispanic woman in front of her, had a cartload of, I'm, I'm sure, garbage food, who she actually took out, paid for, I guess, that in food stamps. Okay. And then on the bottom, though, it was stacked with alcoholic beer and all sorts of stuff. It was all alcohol. She takes out this wad of cash. I mean, it was like big enough to choke a dinosaur. Peels off whatever she's got to to pay for that. And then they get out to the parking lot, and she's driving a brand new Cadillac Escalade. Okay? Now, you could say, oh, you're being prejudiced and all this other stuff. I've done many reports showing this is the case. That what the actual, um, mostly Hispanic population that come up here illegally and all of the benefits they get and how they are rewarded in so many different ways. Now, I understand there's exceptions to the rules because I have people email me and say, yeah, but what about this and what about that? And you're not, okay, you want to strain at a gnat and swallow a camel like the Bible talks about? That's fine. Go ahead. I'm talking about for the general most part. Okay, it is a proven fact. I've proven it over and over and over again. All of the benefits they get, you know, or if they get, you know, pregnant and they get up here and have the baby and then the baby's the U.S. citizen and then that grandfather, you know, I mean, it's one thing after another after another. And Obama wants this. Bush wanted it. But particularly Obama and all of the the things that they get, and I've reported on where they've had these whole this one guy went and filmed this whole neighborhood of these um, two, three-story, really, really nice apartments with these really, really new cars sitting out in front of apartment after apartment. This was up in the uh, the Northwest. Um, and there were all illegal aliens living in this thing, and they were living like kings and queens. Now, I'm not saying that all of them are, and I'm not saying that all of them don't, you know, a lot of them don't suffer or whatever, or unjustly, but I'm telling you, there are many, many examples of this happening. Okay, so, you have the welfare state that's been created by design. Let's put aside anything racial prejudice, okay? You have the welfare state in America that's been created by design, by the one world government. They want to create a mass class of Poverty level, of course, they're not poverty level, a lot of them, according, you know, obviously. But they're dependent on the government. Had they not had all these government subsidies, they wouldn't be able to be driving around in brand new Cadillacs, Escalades, or whatever they're, they're driving. And obviously, I understand, that's probably an extreme example, but it happens. And again, I've reported on it many, many times. And been accused of being, you know, I hate uh, Mexican people and all this other stuff. No, I don't. No, I don't. It has nothing to do with that. I'm just reporting on what's going on. When I was in practice, I had a lot of patients that were Hispanic. And they were some of my favorite patients. I had a lot of patients that were black. They were some of my favorite patients, too. Okay? Um, a lot of times I got more, more attitude from the white patients than I had. And I'm as white as they come. Scott Johnson, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm whitey, or whatever, you know? So, you know, listen, I'm not, that's not why I'm here. And this stuff is going on. 
they want to create a massive welfare state. Romney even said it the other day with 47%. Now, I'm not saying vote for Romney. I'm just saying he said like the 47% were dependent on the government in this country. 47%. And he says, that's why I don't think I have any chance of, of winning because Obama's given them pretty much what they wanted. And more government dependency. The more you are dependent on Satan... Pretty, there's there's going to come a day when Caesar's going to call in the chips. And he's going to require payment. Nothing in this life is free. He's going to require payment. If you want to stay reliant on the beast, there's going to be a payment you do, you're not going to want to pay. And I'm telling you, the day is coming when that's going to be the case. Okay, so let's just go and in, get into the study now. We've we know what an EBT card is, and um, has a lot to do with what they call the SNAP program, formerly food stamp program, and assistance for needy families. I understand that there's certain people that have to, you know, they they're they're in this particular system because of hardship and these types of things. Okay, fine, but when you've got 47 or whatever the population is now, when things collapse, let's just say for argument's sake the 47 is, is the accurate figure, okay? We'll take what Romney said. How do you think that 47% is going to react when they have no income and the government says, well, sorry, Dollars collapsed. We can't do anything anymore. How do you think that's that's going to go over with this massive amount of people in this country on those programs dependent? And I'm not saying there's whites not on the programs either. Okay, I'm not saying that. I don't know, so I'm going to get past that as well. All I'm really wanting to do is talk about this issue and put aside the racial stuff. You know, I just want to just get beyond that. So. Step one, now this is, I'm reading from his assessment. He says, step step one, flash mob looting. Now there's been a lot of the stuff with these flash mob, flash mobs lately. And because of the advent, I think particularly of the smartphone in the texting era, it's made this flash mob looting thing a really, really big factor. So, he goes on to say, In my scenario, the initial riots begin spontaneously across affected urban areas as the SNAP, or the Supplemental Nutritional Assistance Program, and other government welfare recipients learn that their EBT cards no longer function. This sudden revelation will cause widespread anger, which will quickly lead to flash mob looting of local supermarkets and other businesses. The media will initially portray these food riots as at least partly justifiable. Now, if you're not if you're not familiar with a flash mob, is basically what it would be is that you had a whole bunch of people that are mad about a particular issue or whatever, just want to do something stupid half the time. This will this will have a motivation in this particular. A lot of times, the flash mobs are just because they want to have a mass stealing event. And I, I mean, I've seen these videos over and over and over again. Where you've got all these people that show up to a store, they go in there and they take whatever they want to off the shelf and they all walk out in unison. 
and the convenience store owner or the supermarket, they, they're like totally overwhelmed. They can't do anything about it. They're like, what are you going to do? Arrest us all? And this is what they're doing. Now, this, with the advent of the whole smartphone and texting and these types of, of social media and this type of thing, has made this possible. Whereas 10 years ago, even 10 years ago, this wouldn't have really been... I, I mean, I never heard about it that long ago. This is something more recent. So this is a weapon that these mobs have. A new social contract has been created where bread and circuses buy a measure of peace. Now, bread and circuses, that's the whole reference to the whole Roman Empire when it says give the people bread and circuses and they won't care what's you know, going on basically behind closed doors and, and within the government. Just, just appease them. And our bread and circuses are, you know... Sport, modern day sports, you know, of, of all varieties, there's something for everybody. Um, particularly like professional and college level sports and these types of things. All of the stuff on TV, all of the stuff, many of the stuff on the internet, uh, the video games, uh, the movies, tabloids, magazines, gossip. <sighs> American Idol, that, this, is, this is bread and circuses, just so you know what that means. Okay, so bread and circuses by a measure of peace in our low-income populated urban zones. In the era of ubiquitous big-screen cable television and internet and smartphones, the circus part of the equation is never in doubt, as long as the electricity flows. But the bread is highly problematic, meaning of the bread and circuses. The bread is highly problematic. Food must be delivered the old-fashioned way. Physically, any disruption in the normal functioning of the EBT system will lead to food riots with a speed that is astonishing. Well, part of the reason is because these people aren't prepping. These people aren't storing up for the most part. And they don't have very much as far as supply goes. The Bible says, The prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. And you can look at, you know, Joseph storing up when they had seven good years so that they would have food in the seven years of famine. The Bible talks about consider the ant, you know, and the way it stores its food. And so these are, these are things where, where the Bible talks about these types of issues. Um, so, going further. This will lead to food riots with a speed that is astonishing. This will inevitably happen when our unsustainable debt-fueled binge party finally stops and the music is over. Now that the delivery of free or heavily subsidized food is perceived by tens of millions of Americans to be a basic human right, the cutoff of, quote, their food money will cause an immediate explosion of rage. See, a lot of people, it's this whole entitlement thing. I'm entitled. I deserve this. No, you know what you deserve, just like me? Death and hell. That's what we all deserve apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's this entitlement thing. And part of the reason is, it's just like if you bring up a child. If you let that child get away with something, a, a bad behavior, he's just gonna, he's, that's going to become ingrained in their thinking pattern. And they're going to think, there's nothing wrong with this behavior because I'm getting away with it and there's no repercussions. So I'm going to keep doing it. It's basic human nature. If you let somebody get away with something, they're going to keep doing it. 
And that's why the Bible says, train up a child in the way, you know, he should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. And it also talks a lot about how, you know, you, the rod of correction will bring reproof to a child. And, and the Bible talks about, you know, essentially disciplining or spanking your children while there's still hope and delivering his soul from hell. Okay. Human beings, if they have not been raised the right way, and there's very few percentage-wise people that have been raised the right way to understand this concept of discipline and that we're not entitled to things like just because we exist from the government. Because so few people in today's day and age have been brought up properly, their, their mindset is totally messed up. And these are people that, you know, don't read the Bible, ungodly, self-centered, and that's all of our, 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 uh, our problems always stem from self. Self is the biggest enemy to all of us. But some people have been raised a whole lot more self-centered than others, meaning their own little universe. It's all about me. And this is the, this is the mentality that we're talking about here. I'm entitled to this. I deserve this. That type of mentality. You know? We, we're not guaranteed. We don't deserve the next breath. Much less to, to be, you know sit around and how somebody subsidize us and, and, and for us to just live around and, and, and do nothing and, you know. Now, I'm not saying all are like that, but I'm just saying some of them are. So when you've created a gigantic swath of the population into the millions and millions and millions in a particular country, and when that's taken away from them, you talk about little infantile children reacting, except they're adults. And these adults are not just, they're not like children where they can't react in a violent way that can produce death and mayhem and torture and evil. And that's what's coming. We're going to see the worst of humanity when this stuff starts to happen. Not only that, but there's the, the amount of devils and demons that have been gearing up, because we battle not against flesh and blood, but against, you know, princes, principalities, the rules of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. That's where our battle really is. That's what's going to be emanating and operating through, for the most part, this mob. And I'm not saying they're the only ones. I've been reporting on the weeks on the Muslims. I mean, if, if they're not, if those radical Muslims aren't demon-possessed to the toenails, I don't know who is. You can, you can look at many different, we're looking at one aspect today. I've reported on a lot of other cults and these types of things in the past as well. So I'm not giving them a free pass either. You're going to see it on a lot of different levels is the point I'm trying to make. So, um, going further here. Okay, so I'm just trying to see where I left off. Now that the d delivery of free or heavily subsidized food is perceived by tens of millions of Americans to be a basic human right, which it's not, the cutoff of their, quote, their food money will cause an immediate explosion of rage. See, this is what separates us from the Great Depression. They didn't have these programs during the Great Depression. We're in something equivalent to the Great Depression. Okay, at least back then there was actually currency, there was actually gold and silver 
backing the money. I understand we came off the gold standard in 1933, but there was still that dynamic going on. There's nothing backing the money today. And people back then were much hardier than they are now. And forced to be much less self-centered. They didn't have huge welfare states where people were totally dependent on the government where they could get their food. Worst drought since the 30s we're in right now. You have the combination of the currency collapsing and the drought where, you know, the actual um, harvest is going to be absolutely abysmal. I mean, they just plowed our, they just harvested the corn around here and it was all dead. And we're not even in a drought where I'm at. So I can't imagine the other parts of the country that are actually in a drought, they're harvesting a dead crop. Food prices are going to skyrocket just from that standpoint alone. Now you've got QE3 where they're printing more and more money out of thin air to infinity to just keep it propped up and propped up and propped up until it absolutely has to, has no choice but to collapse. The dollar's not going to have a buy, any more buying power. Again, all by design. Um, going further, when the hunger begins to bite. Now, if you don't know what that feels like, uh, we did, this past summer, we did a three-day... No food, no water fast. Um, I don't think a lot of people were able to do it from the feedback I got. And I'm not saying, you know, a lot of people were able to do the water, but the, just the water. And I'm not saying I'm better. Okay, I've done it three or four times, I think, in my life. But I'll tell you what, try that one. <laughs> try a three-day no, no food, no water. Now, actually, you probably shouldn't try that right off the bat if you've never fasted. Uh, you want to understand what it, a little bit of what it feels like for hunger to bite? <laughs> you, it'll get your attention real quick. And I'm not saying that because I think I'm Mr. Super Christian. I'm being honest. I mean, my kidneys were screaming on that last day. And you really need to do it with a lot of preparation and prayer. It is the most powerful fast you can do. I do believe that. And it, there's biblical reference to that. Um, but... If you, if you don't know what it's like to actually experience that, you know, and that's only three days. There's a lot of people that, that go day to day to day to day with little to no food or very little, just enough to maybe sustain their life. And they live like that. Lord have mercy. I can't imagine that. You know, so anyway. When the hunger begins to bite, supermarkets, shops, and restaurants will be looted, and initially the media will start to condemn the looting. See, all of these other riots that, that we mention here, the Watts riot, the Martin Luther King riot, the Rodney King riot, there's a big difference between all of them and this. In those riots, it wasn't like there was no food or water. Okay? They were just rioting because of an event that had happened. They were angry. Now they're going to be angry and hungry. And they're going to have this lifestyle they've had that the government has provided stripped them from them in, in an overnight very... And they're going to, in their, their own mind, they think they're all entitled to this. And they're going to be like the biggest spoiled, rotten, brat, adult children that you have ever seen. Except it's going to turn deadly very quickly. 
you, you can go back through history, and history repeats itself, and cite example after example after example of the same mob mentality. And we're more set up for that. that these, other, these other times in history, they didn't have welfare. They didn't have, you know, a lot of the things that we've got today that have propped things up. They didn't have any of that. So I think that this nation is going to react worse than any other nation in the history of the planet. Because we're so soft and so spoiled and so self-centered. I I would almost guarantee it. So, unfortunately, this initial violence will only be the start of a dangerous escalation. The ransacked supermarkets, convenience stores, ATMs, and gas stations will not be restocked during this period due to a precarious security situation. A single truck loaded with food or gasoline will be perceived to be a Fort Knox on wheels and subject to immediate attack unless heavily protected by powerfully armed security forces. But such forces will not be available during this chaotic period. Under those conditions, resupply to the urban areas cannot and will not take place. The down, I mean, they, they're not going to be able to resupply. Even if they have the food, they're not going to want to resupply because any type of convoy of food or whatever is going to be commandeered, robbed, they're going to be killed, it's going to be like a death sentence. Okay, so the downward spiral of social and economic dysfunction will therefore both accelerate and spread from city to city. Now, we will be under martial law at that point, obviously. Here's another thing that this article doesn't get into that I want to bring up. What about if you combine this scenario, economic collapse, which leads to EBT cards flashing zeros, which leads to mass Mob, riot, looting, killing, mayhem. Okay, Now, let's throw in some other things. What if this was on the heels of a big-time natural disaster, too? There's so many earthquakes right now. I mean, as far as the amount of earthquakes, it's off the scale. They're just not being reported. A lot of them aren't like the big one. But as far as if you look at the uptick of earthquakes, you go to like Dutch Sense, and, and he... He has all those special websites that he goes to that shows you all of these earthquakes and aftershocks and all this. I mean, it's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. The venting of noxious gases, they just have that in the Salton Sea thing. This this sinkhole in Louisiana. The the, the the unbelievably bad situation you have in the Gulf where they fractured the you know, with, with the Gulf oil drill thing. A lot of bad stuff could go down there. Earthquakes potentially causing tsunamis, which would take out coastal areas. Um, We're going to be through the hurricane season here pretty soon, but there's a lot of potentially really, really bad things. We have the technology to create earthquakes, tsunamis, tornadoes, hurricanes, all these things. The government's admitted this from 1972. If you don't believe it, watch my study I did on the avian flu. Just go up and key in uh, Dr. Scott Johnson on YouTube. And watch my 16-part teaching. Actually, I give you the link to that later. That I did. I I give you all the actual quotes from our government. Where they have admitted to this. All the way back to 72. They've admitted it. So, you have to understand. They're trying to create their new world order. Out of chaos. 
That's the motto of the 33rd degree Freemason. In Latin, Ordo Ab Cal. Where else do you see that? Well, look at the back of your $1 bill. Where it has around the pyramid, with capped with the all-knowing eye of Lucifer on the top, or Horus, whatever you want to call him, announcing the birth of the new world order. Anut Coeptus Novus Ordo Secorum which means announcing the birth of the new world order. When was that? Look at the base of the pyramid. If you look at the Roman numerals, it says 1776. No, that was the date that, that was when the Declaration of Independence was signed. Yes. True. Okay. 4th of July, the whole 9 yards. But the new world order was also started in 1776 by Adam Weishaupt on May 1st, which is a high satanic holiday known as Beltane, requires human sacrifice by the Illuminati. That was when it was actually created. The Declaration of Independence was signed after that. So they're all about bringing in the New World Order. And they've been about that specific goal, and I'm saying you could probably go way before that, but 1776 they officially began. So they've waited a long time for this moment. And when they pull it off, they want to do it right. They've been planning for this for hundreds of years. And inevitably, I believe when this happens, this, this scenario, it's going to be worse than this. Because there's going to be more mayhem that this isn't even talking about. Avion flu. What if they re- release, release the weaponized H5N1? Avion flu, which is what my teaching specifically talks about. That strain. They've already created it in the lab. They've admitted to it. They've even given the recipe on how to create it. I got into that in previous months. So the terrorists, they could blame it on the terrorists when it's released. A worldwide pandemic. Imagine throwing that into the mix. Okay? People will be beyond desperate. Not only will it be hungry and thirsty and desperate, but then you throw in a pandemic, which then, now they're accomplishing something. A lot of people are going to die during this time. But now you've got the pandemic scenario. Remember, they want to reduce world population to 500 million, according to the Ten Commandments of the New World Order, which is the Georgia Guidestones in Elkhart uh, County, uh, Georgia. Elkhart, Georgia. First commandment, reduce world population to 500 million. Well, you're looking at near, you know, a 93% reduction. How are they going to kill all those people off? Worldwide pandemic would be the best way to do it. Not only that, a worldwide pandemic, what it would also do is be the biggest thing that I can see where people would give up their rights most freely under that scenario. Because they would be desperate for it. They're thinking, if I'm going to die, what? who cares if I have to give up my rights? I'd rather live and give up my rights. And this is going to be the mindset of most people, not me. But they're going to be thinking, well, because, well, let's face it, human nature, we're self-centered. You know, me included. I mean, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, apart from you policing yourself, we're self-centered for the most part. That's something we have to fight every day. The Bible, that's why the Bible says if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. You need to be judging yourself every day and comparing yourself to the Word of God. And I know I fall short personally. Every day I fail God. 
You know? But we need to be judging ourselves. The Bible says, He who is spiritual judgeth all things. Jesus Christ said, judge righteous judgment. No, no, he said, judge not lest you be judged. Yeah, well, go ahead and reread that, and you'll understand he was talking to the hypocrite that had the beam in his own eye, and he was judging the speck in his brothers. He was a hypocrite. He had a beam in his own eye, and he was judging the speck in his others, in his brothers. He said, remove the beam so you can judge the speck. Not that we're supposed to be going around nitpicking and all that stuff, but the, the point is is that we're, we have to judge. But the church just makes this blanket statement anymore. It's, oh, judge not lest you be judged. And, you know, it makes it easier because then they're never judged. <laughs> That's why they say it. <laughs> so the, the clergy, the hierarchy is never judged or criticized. Oh, touch not thou anointed. I love that one. How dare you utter a word against the man or woman of God. <laughs> the Bible clearly says to mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Hmm. Where does it say that? Romans 16, verse 17 and 18? And think about that verse. And that's not talking about your average person. It's talking about like a minister. Through good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple? That wouldn't just be your average layman, typically. That would be more of the clergy. They don't want to be, they, they, they want to say, don't judge anything. You know? That way they'll never have the bright light of scrutiny put on them. So, anyway, that I just wanted to throw that in as well. Um, but this is something that, you know, is coming. Handwriting's on the wall. It's plain as day. So we add in the pandemic scenario. Okay, you've got millions of people on top of all this stuff going on, on top of no food, on top of no probably sanitation. Oh, man, how many people are going to die just from that alone? That's just one of the main reasons why the population has exploded in the last hundred years. You can boil it down. And, and also, the advent of modern day diseases. Um, that study that I've never actually done, but I think I put the PDF up for, is called Destroyed for Lack of Knowledge, What Your Doctor's Not Telling You. Just key in, like, destroyed in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. You'll probably find the teaching in the table of contents where I posted it. Well, anyway, they love to say how the vaccination era is what cured all these diseases, like polio and diphtheria and all this other garbage and I unequivocally prove, not me, but the research that's out there, that when these diseases were supposedly eradicated, they were in the downward part of their existence. They were being eradicated naturally on their own. And then all of a sudden they come up with this vaccine and take credit for it. It's garbage and lies. You know what did it? Improved sanitation. Getting rid of the sewage. Better... Hygiene practices, these types of things. Okay, that's a big reason uh, with the Dark Ages why people died. They had their sanitation was beyond horrific, pouring out chamber pots and feces and urine into the streets, not bathing for years on end or whatever. They had some really barbaric. Well, you're going to get the Black Plague and you're going to get a lot of those diseases because filth begets filth begets disease. When we introduce better sanitation practices, 
that is when the population started to really explode in developed countries. That alone will do it. But imagine if the toilets stop running and you're in a big city. Where are you going to go? We're not geared for that. We're not made for that. We're, we're not, we don't even have a contingency system. It's not like in a concrete jungle in a city you can go out and dig a hole somewhere. What are you going to do? That's why I'm saying that these urban areas are going to be the worst nightmares. They're going to be cordoned off. They're going to be like prisons. They're going to be disease-infested. Right? Oh, man, I mean, it, it's going to be bad. I'm not saying God couldn't protect you. I'm just telling you right now, for the most part, this is how that's going to go down. It has to. I see the handwriting on the wall. So, you throw in, let's just say for argument's sake, avian flu. Now, remember what I said? They had, they had given out the recipe for this. Pretty sure it was the Danish. They're like, oh, well, we, well we're going to go ahead and give out the recipe on, on how to actually create it. And, you know, because I'm sure the terrorists and people like that would never do anything with it. And they did it on purpose so that they can blame them when the time comes. I could almost guarantee it. Now, we've got all these sleeper cells that are already here in America. I'm just talking about America. I'm not saying this isn't in a lot of other places. Europe, Australia, those types of places. We've got all these sleeper cells that, like Ahmadinejad and a lot of the Muslim terrorists have admitted to. They've been here for literally decades. They've been waiting and chomping at the bit to kill the great Satan in Israel. Great Satan is USA, according to them. They have stated this on many, 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 many occasions, over and over and over again. I've given you all the, I mean, it's just the one from last week. They've been chomping at the bit to do this for a long, long time. They really want to get this going. They want to bring their awaited Savior back, the Imam Mahdi, and they believe the only way he's coming back is through tons and tons and tons of death, carnage, evil, torture, you name it. That's the way they believe he's coming back, through tons and tons of bloodshed. So they believe this is something they've got to do. And they've been looking for an excuse to do this anyway. The moment we attack... If Israel attacks Iran and we're behind them, okay, the moment that that happens, or if we attack Iran, I don't think it's going to go down that way. I think it's going to be Israel and us probably supporting them. But the moment that happens, those sleeper cells are going to go hot. They've said this before. I just read an article again about it today. Straight from the Iranian president saying they're going to go hot and we're going to create as much havoc with your infrastructure and with Releasing of bioweapons that we can create. They can, they can go down the road with what they call a venturi and just release anthrax on public highways out into the air. Or if they can get even a plane and fly over a, a city and release it, let's say anthrax. And, and that by itself will create mass, mass panic. What if they start blowing up bridges? certain road systems or whatever they're going to try to pull buildings. Guaranteed that will happen. We know about all this, our government. We know about I mean, I've seen, I've played the reports from clips where they actually show they've actually went into some of these compounds. But they're like, well, there's nothing we can do about it. Freedom of speech. <laughs> what garbage. If 
Christians were, were plotting one one-thousandth of what the Muslims are plotting for this country, we would all be in jail. But it's okay for the Muslims to do it because we can't say anything against them because they're very sensitive and we need to be politically correct and not offend them. Hey, the more evil you are, the more protection you got. In this, in this devil, evil system, just look at the gays. Look at Planned Parenthood. And the more evil you are, look at the Muslims. Look at what their agenda is. Total annihilation of the great Satan in Israel. The more evil you are, the more protection you're going to have. And the more sensitive we're going to be to your needs. Because we're all about serving our father, the devil, and of his lusts and of his works we will do. So we're going to promote evil in every way, shape, and form. So you got the, you got the pandemic scenario you throw into there. Then you got, let's say, World War III. Shock and awe. All of this stuff happening at the same time. You have these sleeper cells activated. They start destroying infrastructure. They start spreading bioweapons. Bio then they can blame it on the terrorists and then the Muslims. Just like they blame 9-11 on them. And if you believe the 9-11 official story, go up and key in loose change 9-11. Watch that. And, and you, I would very highly doubt you're going to believe the official story after you watch that. But that's just one of the many documentaries proving what a farce 9-11 was. I love the building number 7 thing. They're like, it's been... It, nothing ever hit building number 7. <laughs> Yet, it, it implodes in a perfect controlled demolition type scenario by itself near the end of the day. And the British reporter saying, oh, building 7 went down, and she's reporting this, and you can see building 7 behind her. It hasn't went down, but it just so happens to go down 5 minutes later. There's never been an, an example of a steel, steel structure building ever falling into its own footprint from a fire. And these are the World Trade Centers. These things are built like, you know, Fort Knox or whatever. <laughs> and a plane flying in the jet fuel makes the whole building implode on itself. There's never been a steel structure building ever that ever failed due to a fire. Much less a perfect controlled demolition explosion where it falls into its own footprint. And the one building, building number seven, was never even hit. And yet it, it falls into its own footprint. Amazing. I mean, just, there's, there's, you know, there's nothing going on there. There's nothing going on there. We just need to believe the official account. That's just one little thing. One little thing in the myriad of other things that happened on 9-11 where we've been so lied to. But, it's, it's convenient to blame them. And yes, RCA had a lot to do with Al-Qaeda and the Taliban and these types of things. But see, we, they, we use them. It's not that their agenda is not real. Their agenda is really real. They do really want to kill us. We're enabling that to happen. We go in there and we stir the hornet's nest. We put them in power, positions of power. We've removed all the little puppet dictators over in the Middle East and a lot of these countries. We've reinserted the more radical elements of the Muslim Brotherhood. And then we wonder why they're behaving in this barbaric, unbelievably horrific, satanic manner. I can't believe it. They're going to bite the hand that feeds us. No, it's all by design. They're using them to accomplish their goals of starting World War III. But their agenda is very real. The Quran commands them to kill the Jews and the great Satan, and, and to slay the infidels, and rape their women, and do all the other things that they do. Their agenda is very real. 
They're just kind of like harnessing this satanic beast and trying to steer it in the right direction. And when this stuff goes down, World War III happens, you're going to see a lot of this stuff happen in rapid succession. You can imagine all of this stuff together happening at once. Boy, you know, I bet you after three, four, five, six months of that, the world's going to be plenty desperate. And they're going to be the people that are left. And they're going to be like, well, I don't, you know, I don't care how you make it go away, just make it go away. And they're going to be so primed to accept the Antichrist and the false prophet, who are going to come with all lying signs and wonders. And if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect, according to Matthew 24, 24. Signs and wonders and miracles. Lying signs and wonders and miracles. Huh. And don't you think that that little magic show, people are really going to like that after, you know, I don't know, three, four, five months of this stuff, where they're really, really mega, mega desperate to make the pain go away. And they're going to just, you know, they're going to sign up hook, hook, line, and sinker for this one. They're going to be desperate and this person is going to come and act like he's the savior of humanity, act like he can bring peace on the earth. He's going to come as a man of peace, or appearing as a man of peace. He's not really a man of peace, but that's how he's going to feign to be. And the world collectively, not the remnant, but the world collectively, are going to accept this guy, hook, line, and sinker, and say, just make it go away. Do you, oh wow, he can do these miracles and, and, and do this, these signs and wonders and oh wow, I'm just going to buy into it just from that. That's why Jesus said a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. Signs are not what we follow. We follow the Lord Jesus Christ in his word. And anything that deviates off that, you reject. Real easy. It's real simple. So, you, you think you're going to see a whole lot of holiness coming from the world governments. <laughs> I got another, I got news for you. That's not going to happen. You might see a nice um, dog and pony show and, and, and a nice little magic act and some miracles and stuff like that. But it's lies. It's based on lies. So, I wanted to say that at this part of the study because I want to add that into the mix here. That I don't think it's going to be this simple, what I'm talking about here in the study, or what we're talking about here. This is like one aspect of it. But it's not including all of the other things that I see happening at the very same time. For maximum shock and awe value, so that people will be more desperate than they've ever been collectively in the history of mankind. When all of this has come to a head, and then the awaited Savior comes on the scene. That's the way I see it playing out. So, let's go further. Okay, so, going back to the the main article. The ransacked supermarkets, convenience stores, ATMs, and gas stations will not be restocked during this period due to the precarious security situation. A single truck loaded with food or gasoline would be perceived as a Fort Knox on wheels and subject to immediate attack unless heavily protected by powerfully armed security forces. But such forces will not be available during this chaotic period. Now, also, what they're going to do during this period, obviously, is they're going to bring in the military on our streets, and they're going to bring all those foreign troops we've been talking about, because they're going to say, we don't have enough troops. we got to have, and they're already here. The Russians, the Chinese, they're already, they've been here a long time. You know, uh... They're going to bring in these, these, and these are races that hate us. 
They're going to have no problems killing Americans. They're going to want to do it. And as I said before, they're going to be promised the treasure of, okay, I kill them, I get to go in there and, and ransack their house. and do, So there's going to be a big time motivation from that level as well. So under those conditions, resupply to urban areas cannot and will not take place. The downward spiral of social and economic dysfunction will therefore both accelerate and spread from city to city. These delays in turn will lead to more riots with the constant underlying demand that hungry people be fed one way or another. When these demands do not bring the desired outcome, the participants will ratchet up the violence, hoping to force action by the feckless state and national governments. The food riots will be a grassroots movement of the moment born out of hunger and desperation. It will not be dependent upon leaders or an underlying organization, although they could certainly add to the sauce. Existing cell phone technology provides all the organization a flash mob needs. Most of the mobs will consist of low-income, minority, urban youths, uh, termed as MUYs in the rest of this essay. MUYs, okay, so low-income, minority, urban youths. Okay, which minority doesn't matter. Each urban locale will come with its own unique multi-ethnic dynamic. So again, we're not just talking about, we're not just keen on one thing. We're keen on, there's different dynamics for each ethnic, low-income, minority youth. Okay, so some locales will divide up upon religious or political lines, but they will not be the dominant factors contributing to the conflict. Conflict. In an American context, the divisions will primarily have an ethnic or racial context, largely because that makes it easy to sort out sides at a safe distance. No need to check religious or political affiliation at 100 yards when the other person is of a different color. You understand that makes it easy, you know, from that regard? They're not going to be screaming, hey, are you a Republican? No, I'm a Democrat. Well, let's go at it, you know, and it's, it's not going to be like that. So, I have a comment here. This would fit right into the Illuminati's plans to create a civil war on U.S. soil. So they could, excuse me, so they could bring in their desired order out of chaos. This is another thing. This is designed to create civil war. Which is another gigantic thing that has been reported on in times past, that that is one of the main things they've wanted to create in America. A second civil war. Uh, in other words, getting us fighting and killing one another, which makes their job that much easier, and gives them the excuse to impose the ever-increasing restrictions on our freedoms. Now those executive orders are all in place, as it is, to take away all of our freedoms, everything, and our property and everything else. So, sadly, visible racial and ethnic features will form the predominant lines of division. Would it would that it were not so, but reality is reality. And I agree with them. I think that's going to be absolutely what's going to uh, be the predominating factors. Now, next step, flash mob riots. In order to highlight their grievances and escalate their demands for an immediate resumption of government benefits, the MUI, MUI flash mobs will next move their activities to the borders of their ethnic enclaves. They will concentrate on major intersections and highway interchanges where non-M 
U-Y suburban commuters must take daily passage to and from what forms of the employment that still exists. People making a living will still be using those roads to get where they where they earn their daily bread. The results of these clashes will frequently resemble the intersection of Florence and Normandy during the Rodney King riots in 1992, where Reginald Denny was pulled out of his truck's cab and beaten nearly to death with a cinder block. Remember that footage where that that white guy was pulled out of his truck and he was caught in this war zone, essentially? And, And the guy had done nothing, but he was pulled out of his cab and nearly beaten to death with a cinder block. If you don't remember it, watch it on YouTube. You can you can key in there um, that keyword search if you want to and watch it. Then imagine that scene with a mob provoking accelerant of texting and other social media technology added to stoke the fires. No, then add to that the fact that these people were actually hungry, and and not only that, they're madder than a wet hornet because. All of the things they perceive that the government owes them, all this government welfare system, this entitlement mindset, all of a sudden is going to be gone, and they start to, that really starts to sink in. Then you add hunger to the issue. You add, you know, let's say that the, the uh, sewers have stopped running. You add the same, you, I mean, you are going to have, <laughs> it is going to be so much worse than the Rodney King riots. I mean, it is going to so pale in comparison. And it's going to be on such more of a grander scale. And then now you've got the accelerant of texting and social media to add to the fires. Meaning they can say, okay, have everybody meet here. It's on. And they spread it like wildfire through the texting and social media. And everybody converges on an intersection. And as soon as the cops start to show up or whatever, or they know they're coming, then they all disperse. And we're going to talk about that too. Instead of a few dozen thugs terrorizing the ambushed intersections, in minutes there will be hundreds. Rioters will throw debris such as shopping carts and trash cans into the intersection, causing the more timid drivers to pause. The mobs will swarm the lines of trapped cars. Once they have stopped, traffic will be forced into gridlock for blocks in all directions. Drivers and passengers of the wrong ethnic persuasions will be pulled from their vehicles to be beaten, robbed, in some cases raped and or killed. It will be hyper-violent and overtly racial mob behavior on a massive and undeniable scale. And again, we've got so much previous history of this. And this is when people have a full belly. (laughs) You add that other factor? Oh boy, I can't even imagine what's coming. Uh, Let me go ahead and end part one here. I'm going to go to part two next. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line 450, Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West. Number 202, Third Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.